Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. The real story is that Tracy saved my butt. It's been an amazing opportunity for me. So I feel like if I can make growth from it, I know anyone can. It's the best investment I've ever made in myself. It way beats a Greek holiday, and I love my Greek holidays. And thank you so much for um, uh, all the work in the session and the Marco Polo to help me. So, Tracy, you're awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's just been, it's just been amazing. And I just, if anyone's even thinking about it, do it. Even if you're just thinking about it, just do it. Just go there. You know, just, just do it for yourself. Greetings, how are y'all doing today? I am doing well. Yes, I am. Okay, I'm doing an unusual format today for this journey of attachment. And uh, first of all, this is number 459. And uh, yeah, what I decided to do was somebody had written a couple of emails to me. And this person's written me emails over the last few years. And I'm always finding them very entertaining. Uh, just because of the use of words. And since I'm such a word person, I just love it. So anyway, I decided, you know what, this is kind of a cool topic to bring up. So what is the topic? Well, it's kind of this. It's really about a few things because it's really addressing somebody's email, which I'm going to read to you, at least most of it. So anyways, it's called before you were programmed into a walking reaction, who were you? Well, Basically, the tips I'm giving you today are going to help you to get to who you were, all right? So we're not necessarily talking about, well, who were you before that? Because it's really about getting through your conditioning and becoming who you truly are, right? And and becoming who you truly are is really just like trying on clothes you've had in your closet that you haven't worn in years And they actually fit you really well, but you've not wanted to wear them because you were afraid maybe they wouldn't fit. So that's kind of the authentic self, really. Anyway, so I'm going to just basically tell you what this letter said. I'm going to read it to you, okay? So the letter was potential Facebook Live topics, questions. And this person was listening to my podcast called The Difficulty of Authenticity, which is a podcast from 2017. And I don't have the number for it. I just can tell you the title. And I would just suggest going to my website and popping it in the search if you're interested. Uh, Because I wasn't really numbering things back then. Sorry, guys. All right. So this is what he said in the email. When I assess a lifetime, in parentheses, mid-50s, of behaviors, attitudes, relationships, friends, familiar, familial interactions, work life, etc. I feel as though I have never been a person, but a walking reaction to and expression of my upbringing. That's kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> but it really is pretty true. Anyways, 
I don't say this from a position of feeling irresponsible for or the victim of, but more as a recognition that not much of any decision-making or actions appear to have been taken outside of the realm of being the thing I was programmed to be. Which is in a sense true, right? We're all these little robots and we've all been trained by the people in our environment, whether they knew they were training us or not, to be programmed as a series of reactions to people. I mean, that's pretty much what we do, right? Okay, let me continue. As though my sole reason for living has been to be projected upon or put myself in this position and act accordingly, whatever that might mean in a given scenario based on my overall unconsciously finely tuned modus operandi. Mental gymnastics on crystal balls determined all of the possible ways anything I needed, wanted, or felt would be used as fodder for judgment, would blow up in my face, would fail, was not legitimate, etc. And so isn't it easier to put yourself, whoever that might be, back in the box and just be an appendage in other people's lives? Of course, all while being manipulative in the way a good codependent is. Moving toward being authentic reminds me of the saying, just be yourself unless you're an asshole. I don't think I have the capacity to describe how I feel without inadvertently telling someone else about themselves. And we're going to talk about this, just so you guys know, okay? Anyways, back to the letter. I understand differentiating. When you say I look like a gnome, I felt hurt and rejected. From, you said I look like a gnome, you're an asshole. But the former seems to frequently elicit a... I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel blah, blah, that wasn't my intention. Yeah, sorry I feel bad about that, whatever, etc. I become irrationally enraged. I feel as though I have to explain myself or defend myself. When I hear that I want to punch the person in the throat, I can't see it as anything but a passive-aggressive blow-off. You're not sorry. That isn't what sorry is. Stop using that fucking worthless empty word. My rage and contempt boils over underneath it all, and I feel all the more fake for stuffing it enough to be civil and not look like a fucking loon. I can totally relate to all of this, by the way. <laughs> Moments in my life, I remember those feelings and that feeling of rage. Oy vey. Yep, we'll be talking about this in a second, too, because we're going to take this letter apart a bit, okay? Anyways, as you know, it's easier to avoid all of it, say nothing, lie by, om lie by omission, essentially, and so the fakery continues, and down we go, Alice. The unwillingness to walk away except loss or the ridiculousness of one's expectations and simultaneously the ease replete with massive guilt and shame with which one avoids and ignores other personal relationships and interactions that elicit similar shitty feelings but are perhaps as not intense or enmeshed. To be complicit in your own contempt for yourself directly or using others as a proxy to do so. What a feeling. Of course, none of this is rational, but it nonetheless is a deeply felt essence from which there is no escape. Yes. All right. You guys can probably relate. I know that I pretty much could relate to having felt this way most of my life, right? I mean, I always felt like I was wrong and I was programmed wrong and I was always trying to get it right and I never really could. So let's start with the being a walking reaction to everything and everyone. So, and again, this is not my usual format. I'm basically going to just address the letter and I'm going to give you tips while I'm addressing this, okay? So we're going to start with that and being a walking re reaction basically to the whole world, right? We're conditioned to be these caricatures in a sense. We're so busy reacting to right and wrong as a child and everything in between so we can do what is expected and then be loved, or at least that's the goal, right? 
except for many of us, it wasn't that simple. It wasn't that simple. It wasn't like you were breathing and somebody went, I'm going to give you attention and all the warmth and love, unconditional love that you need. Many of us learned to react. We watched others react. We reacted to how we were treated or how we weren't treated. And so most of what we do is not even recognize our um, basic original motivation for anything. Instead, we are just constantly triggered and reacting, and that's how we make our choices. So when you come from your own motivation and not the impetus of another, it's very scary and very freeing at the same time. But first, you got to get there. First, you got to be able to dig deep enough, and that takes time and courage, meaning you really want to be able to connect with yourself. You have to know what is going on beneath the thoughts you have. You have to, because otherwise you're stuck in a fucking circle of conditioning that is never, ever going to end. It's just like on and on and on ad nauseum, all right? So you want to remember the thoughts you are having they're, you know, that are normally in there are a reaction to a story that you are telling yourself about you or perhaps somebody outside of you or something outside of you. But it's always a story, and that's where reactions come from. That's why some reactions can feel so huge, too. It's not just the trigger in the moment. It's the story that keeps going with it and keeps you feeling like you're in a triggered state, right? So basically, if you're always reacting to a story, you're not coming from original thought. It's not an original thought. A story is not an original thought. A story is something you made up so that you could understand something, okay? And yet, that's still just your understanding. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a reality, but in your mind, you may believe, well, this is the only way it can be. I had a, the other day, I have coaches that I've trained. And um, so I've, a couple of the coaches, usually if somebody comes for a discovery session, I usually have them talk to a couple different coaches because I want to make sure that there's a really good personality match. And one of the coaches was saying um, how it triggered her. And it was okay that it triggered her, but it was a story she had in her head. And it was funny because I came back to her and I said, and she knows this. And the thing is, is she's very authentic in sharing. And I think that's a great thing. And so point is, is that she realized, wow, her story was so different than what reality was. Okay. But we do this and we torture ourselves this way and we react and you want to be able to break your reaction. Okay. You need to get to the feelings beneath the thought and the feeling of reacting to a thought. Confusing could be. But when you start to do it, you find you can actually get deeper. So there's always a deeper feeling and a deeper, I don't want to say voice, because it feels like a voice to me, but it's a deeper knowing that's in there that I will ignore. Or I used to when I used to be in a reactive state all the time, and I was tightly wound. If something triggered me, I could be in the state of reaction. And I know that other voice in there would be saying, you know, this is your other choice. You don't have to act in this way. You can react in a different way. It was always there. It's the real you before the conditioning. I swear it's there. If you listen for it, you'll find it. But most of us, like I said, decades of ignoring it, that's what we've done. So we don't trust that real person in there, you know, the authentic self. We trust all these fucked up reactions, which is kind of really not smart because we'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again. So Dig deeper, listen for the voice, and then do what the voice says. It's going to tell you something vulnerable. It's going to tell you something uncomfortable. I guarantee it, because it's going to take you out of your normal reaction. See, the thing is, you know, in addressing this letter also, there has to be a state of responsibility, not a responsibility 
for how others feel or how others react to us, but for our own reactions, you know, for what we choose to do. And we've got to take the responsibility because if we don't take the responsibility, we're kind of fucking ourselves as well. Because then we have nowhere to go and everywhere to blame. And that doesn't really work. So when it comes to, let's say, our sole reason for living is not to be reacting forever and ever, unless, of course, we can claim ignorance. Let's say it's about being able to dig deeper and say, what the fuck do I actually want and why? Why is it so hard for me to step out and do that? Why am I allowing what I'm afraid someone else is going to react to me with instead of, okay, this is how I really feel. And how you really feel, by the way, is not a fucking opinion, okay? You know, opinions are like assholes. We don't need to keep hearing everybody's opinion. We really do not need to, unless somebody asks, you know, and I'll get to that in a second. So the deal is a lot of us just offer things because we just can't hold it in anymore, or we just feel like we got to tell them. But do we? Do we really need to tell somebody? You need to go, what is it inside of me that feels so triggered I need to say something to someone else about them? So to me, I look at it, what do I want for me, okay? If I want it for me to prove nothing to the rest of the world, but just knowing it is what will feel good, then it should be what gets us to do for ourselves. But we let all this bullshit and all the fears of others get in the way. You want to dig deeper. Why is that? See, I'm asking these things, and if you can get them to trigger you, you can feel a feeling as I'm talking, find it in your body. Where does it live in your body? Feel the physical feeling. Get in the physical feeling. Get deeper with the physical feeling and go, okay, what is happening with me? So that you can do something with that, okay? Because if you can't do that, if you can't connect to yourself to know why the fuck you're doing anything, you're just going to stay stuck in circles and you're just going to be doing like what this guy was talking about in his email, right? And it's just, of course, this is a stream of consciousness he was sharing, but I think it's really relevant because most of us do this. So here's the thing. Yeah, it could be easier to say fuck it and get back in the box, but it's fulfilling. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me try that again. Is it fulfilling to just be a puppet for life? and try to do what other, makes other people happy, which is impossible anyways. Have you ever sat there trying to make somebody happy? And maybe you make them happy like one out of a hundred times? What is that? Where do you get off on that? In other words, where, do you, where does your happiness get off on that, right? So why does your misery not have a price tag on it, but everybody else's does? Well, it does because there's a feeling that if others have happiness, then you're going to have value. But you actually have value without worrying about everybody else's happiness. Okay, you you feel that other people have more value with their happiness is their problem. So you're ignoring your own value and you're doing things for the value that you believe others have with their happiness. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute. Why is it other people deserve to be happy and not you? Misery is a fucker when it is all you have to look forward to. And by not getting to know the person underneath your own conditioning, you miss out on a lot of what is really sweeter in life. You seriously do, because many of us have just stolen moments of sweetness, little ones here and there, instead of a lifetime of sweetness. And we may feel we have to suffer to have more, but really, why is it suffering and being miserable that we think will all of a sudden transmute what wasn't okay is now going to be okay because our fairy godmother deemed it so? It doesn't go from shit to smelling like roses. We have to make changes inside to see a change happen that is meaningful. But you got to know what's meaningful to you. 
You got to find what's meaningful to you, not because of other people, but because of what you get to experience. Remember, you are in your body having your experiences, okay? So if you're having an experience, it doesn't mean somebody else is having the same experience. And it doesn't mean because you make somebody happy that your experience is all of a sudden going to be amazing. You may for a moment feel validated. You may feel, you know, good and connected to them for a moment. But the truth is, in the end, you're still going to be you. And you're still going to be empty if you're not filling up your own self. Okay? So the thing is, sharing how you feel is not a reaction of another person unless it literally is a reaction. Like they just slapped you in the face. (laughs) Somebody slaps you in the face, you're going to have a reaction, okay? But truthfully, we always have the choice in expressing ourselves without name calling or making it into who is sorrier or who is defending the most in the conversation and so on. I share my feelings without blame all the time. And when I'm triggered by someone, I may say something, but I generally am not going to blame them because then I'm held hostage by them. Yeah, you are held hostage by somebody else that you blame because then it's up to them to make it better. It's up to them to validate me. So I'm okay. But am I really okay by what someone else says? Like, think about that. How are somebody's words, 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 what do words have? They come out of someone's mouth, their air. Okay. How does that have meaning inside of your body? Those words don't reach in your body. Yes, they can trigger you. But my point is, why is it that it's so much more important to get an I'm sorry or some kind of shit like that from somebody? Especially if they don't mean it. But why is that? And I'm not saying people should not apologize. That's a totally different thing. Like if I've done something, I'm fully going to take responsibility. Yep, I am sorry. I am not going to get beaten into the ground with the I'm sorry, though. That will not be happening. But I will absolutely take responsibility because to me, it feels better to do that. Then I can live with me. Okay. Anyways, though, um, not to go way off here. The thing is, when somebody says I'm sorry, and they validate you for a moment, it's temporary because the beast that lives inside of you is still there. Meaning if I get triggered, I want to find out for myself what that shit is inside of me that's being triggered. I'm not interested in being five years old emotionally. Personally, no, 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 no. So the rest of my life reliant on a parent to kiss my boo-boo that I blame them for, I'm just not going to do that. I've already been down that road. And the thing is, you can always change that. You want to always find out why you're triggered. And you always want to dig deep enough into your own feelings to find your true needs and desires state them and act on them. Absolutely. You want to do that. How do you do it when triggered? Well, the first words out of my mouth when I do it are, I say I'm triggered. Like if I have a reaction, oh, I'm triggered. And then I need to sit with it to get what is happening inside of me, which is hard to do, but you got to sit with your reaction to know what's happening. You're not going to be able to tell what's happening by yelling at your spouse. You're not going to be able to tell what's happening by blaming other people. You're going to be able to tell what's happening by how you're reacting and going, where the fuck does this reaction come from? So uh, like my husband's sitting there, I'll go, you know what? I'm triggered. I need to sit here and see what is actually happening inside of me. Why am I feeling the way I am? And that's because I want to maintain my own power. My husband's supportive. He's great. But he can't be in control of me and vice versa. And, and, and our relationship isn't even set up that way that we would be in that kind of power struggle. But it's the point of that's what I do for myself. 
So he can say or do what he wants, but he's similar also in the reaction, like he has very similar reactions. So then I asked myself a question. And once I've gone through the trigger and seen what has actually happened inside of me, I do something at the level of feeling. I ask, how do I want to feel about this? I want to accept it. I want to be at peace, whatever. That's where I want to go to. But sometimes I have to go through some hard truths with myself. Sometimes I come up with a lot of pain. Sometimes I come up with, oh my God. And then I don't even want to have to admit it. I don't want to have to be vulnerable. But that's what sets me free is to go, oh God, you know what? This is what's going on with me. And then I'm letting him off the hook, right? Because if he might even feel like he's on the hook, even if I'm saying he's not on the hook, and I may even want to try and hold him on the hook inside of myself. But that doesn't even solve the problem. Solving the problem is really about letting everybody off the hook and saying what's true. Okay? And so the other thing is, when it comes to getting to your original feeling or your original source of motivation, is that you get to choose that. Let's say some angry asshole disrupts your lunch. You have a choice. Do I allow someone else to take over my emotional state and react? Or can I sit back for a moment and ask if I am okay? And can I continue in the mood I was in? Because this angry asshole is not really my problem. No one is our problem unless we allow them to be our problem. Really, because even if they want to be your problem, you don't still have to accept them as your problem. Just because someone shows up at your door doesn't mean you have to open the door. You always have a choice like that. So you get to go, well, wait a minute, I was in a perfectly fine mood eating my lunch and this person came up and disrupted it. Do I need to react to this? Is this even my shit? And that, my friends, is a beautiful thing when you can go, no, hey, sorry about that. Sorry you're having a bad day and just let it go. So anyways, let me give you guys a call to action before I continue on with the second part. And I'm not going to be able to get all the way through the letter because there's just too much and I'd be here for like an hour. So call to action. Choose how you want to feel. Hold steady to it when it comes to interacting with others and you will find yourself less triggered by focusing on you. So then the last part of the letter that I'm going to get into, because I'm looking at the time right now, and I will give you another, call, you know, the same call to action and the universal right and some podcasts to listen to, and that will be the end of it, okay? Anyway, so the second part is about how the I'm sorry and defending oneself portion is pertaining to pretty much everybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure. So empty, hollow words are how we may be used to living, and sometimes we shower others in our words, whether they are asked or not, okay? Like I said earlier, opinions are like assholes and are not really representative of anything except a perspective. Do we need to share it if it's insulting someone? Do Does somebody, you know, need to really hear our opinion? Not necessarily. And the same going from other people to us too, right? Like, unless somebody asks for it, hey, I want your opinion about this. Hey, can I get your advice about this? Hey, I'd love if you could tell me what to do, <laughs> right? So, okay, great. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, so if you offer some goodies to somebody and you may, again, if they haven't asked you for the advice or what have you, you may want to ask them, okay? So you want to go, well, why am I going to say something to somebody if they haven't asked for this? What, what is this coming from for me, even before I open my mouth, all right? And then if I'm very clear on what I'm going to say, then I ask them. And the thing is, is that I'm saying something to piss them off or gain distance from them, because sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes our subconscious is like, I need to get the fuck away from this person. I don't want to be emotionally intimate with them. 
I don't want to be friends with them, or I'm afraid of them. Usually there's some kind of fear in there, and most of us will not recognize the fear. Instead, we'll just blame the other person or think they're an idiot or what have you. And maybe we want to give them advice to tell them that they're an idiot, okay? But <clears throat> the truth is, we're not really getting anywhere with this. This isn't getting deep enough. So you want to be very clear about this. You know, am I doing this subconsciously so I can show how horrible I am and then the other person can punish me with their reaction to what I say? Because I might be triggered, you know, I might trigger or be triggered by this person and not realize it and then be trying to give advice or do something where I think, oh, okay, if I do this, then I'm going to feel better. Okay. So we don't know our real motivation and that's what you got to get to. So you want to look at yourself because if you refuse to, then you're probably going to make a mess of things and you're going to risk hurting their feelings. You're going to risk having to stick yourself like the you know person in this letter was saying in a position you don't want to be in. So you want to not look at manipulating the other person. Maybe you want them to stop a certain behavior. Well, stop trying to manipulate that. You either have to accept people or you don't. If they're doing something to you, then you can go, well, I can take myself out of the situation, right? But you got to know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, am I saying something which has meaning to me and comes from a place of sharing, not an opinion, but my own reaction to them? And what am I doing about this reaction? You can do that. You could say, you know what, I'm feeling this and I'm, I'm really working on it. And I just wanted to let you know because it triggered me, but I'm not blaming you and I'm not looking at you as the problem. Okay. Like that's the person being responsible for how they feel. So the thing is defending myself or defending yourself, right? usually makes most of us rage inside. That's just what we do. So the very act of defending can trigger in me how I was actually going against myself. Because if I'm apologizing or I'm trying to make somebody feel better and I'm not paying attention to how I actually feel, then I already know that I'm already fucking myself over and I'm going to create rage and resentment inside of me. That's why you have to be so clear with yourself, okay? So when someone wants you to defend yourself or apologize, they actually believe your words will take their pain away, but it doesn't. It allows whatever might be triggered in them to bury itself again, right? It's like, oh, okay, you're going to apologize. And if you keep apologizing, then maybe my pain will go away. But all it does is it buries itself. That's all it's doing. I mean, that's the funny part. So when you're defending, what you're doing is you're trying to take your own pain away instead of going, why am I so triggered? And why does it feel like I'm not trusting myself? Or I'm having to stand up for myself instead of just believing in myself. And then that's where your work is, okay? That's where you've got to look. So you don't want to be that person on either end of the stick. So what I know, the clearer my own language is when it comes to what I say to people, the better I feel. Because if someone has a problem, my answer is not defense. It is sorry you feel that way. It's how I feel. But when I speak in my personal life, I will say things to someone before I open my mouth and go, well, would you like a suggestion? You know, if they're talking about something and they haven't actually asked, or do you want to know what I see? Again, I am not going to be beating someone down or getting them to conform to my way of seeing things. That's not my goal. In fact, it feels so good not to do that. It feels like a release. Oh, God, I'm not responsible for what this person chooses or what this person does. That feels amazing. So, and that's the truth. Like, you start letting go of this shit, and then you ask, hey, would you like my opinion? And if they don't, they don't. But you still, when you give an opinion, realize it's your fucking opinion. They don't need to take on what you say or vice versa. So anyways, when you're saying you're sorry, if you do, you know, talking about that for a sec, if you do say only what you mean or say 
if I say I'm sorry, it's an empty statement because I'm not sorry and sharing a truth. Like if somebody is expecting it going, you know what, I don't really feel like I would be apologizing and meaning it because I don't because I don't feel the same way you do. So the thing is, when you're sharing your feelings and somebody's bothered by it, that's their problem. If it's not directed at them, like you're not saying, hey, you're an asshole, okay? But if you're just sharing your feelings that are inside of your body that you're experiencing and somebody else can't handle that, that is about them. You get to say, okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm still going to feel how I do. So that's it. That, I, I don't know what to offer you. I care. I love you. Whatever. That's it. You're not going into, oh, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. You know, maybe I should not feel the way I do. You know what? How I feel is stupid. Forget it. Don't do that. Don't, don't shit on yourself. You want to take care of yourself and you want to have really good communication and connection with other people. So this is one of the ways that you get there. Okay. And that's what's important. So anyways, um, I just, you know, I can't stress this enough when it comes to the, the thing with sorry and sharing your truth. Okay. So most of us don't say things to mean harm unless we're pissed right? And we're trying to just nail somebody, then you got to look at, well, why am I doing that? What is it inside of me that's triggered? Again, I keep repeating kind of the same things about really looking into yourself and what you're triggered about and why you said what you've said or done what you've done. And when you really feel a way, if you can own it, you know, you say to somebody, this is how I'm feeling. And it may not be in agreement with how you feel about it, but it's how I feel. And I'm entitled to my feelings. Yeah, you are. And I'm not putting my feelings on you. I'm not telling you you got to change because I feel this way. I'm just sharing with you. And if someone still reacts badly, that's still about them. And you can't fix them. And, you know, we have this stupid thing in our society where we think we have to fix other people. Well, we really can't. That's impossible. Okay? So I just wanted to really address that. And I would love to get into uh, the last part about avoiding it all and basically, you know, just going on being <clears throat> completely inauthentic and about the self-hatred, but I can't because I would have a very long podcast today. <laughs> but if you guys are interested in, you know, hearing the rest of this, um, you know, as far as me reading the rest of the letter back again and talking about that topic, I absolutely will. So feedback is great. All right. Call to action again. Choose how you want to feel. Hold steady to it when it comes to interacting with others, and you will find yourself less triggered by focusing on you. You have a universal right. You have the right to remain victimized by your conditioning and other assholes, or you can choose how you want to feel and treat yourself accordingly. Stop treating yourself like a sack of potatoes. I got three podcasts for you. Number 202, all the ways we hide ourselves. Number 244, when others judge, it's really about how you judge yourself. Number 243, journey of attachment. No one else shares your reality. That, my friends, is it. And let me tell you, if you have any of this shit going on today, I would suggest happiness at tracycrossley.com to get yourself a discovery session and get into one of my programs because we absolutely can help you to feel that way. I feel that way. I no longer feel like a walking reaction to the rest of the world. I really don't feel that way. And when I do react, it's always an opportunity for me to dig deeper. So I feel a good sense of well-being and I don't feel threatened by other people who have a shitty sense of well-being and want me to join their party. I used to. I used to never be able to handle that. So along with everything else I offer, please consider it if you're really struggling with this. Happiness at TracyCrossley.com. And if you have questions, podcast at TracyCrossley.com. And I will answer those on Facebook Live, which is every Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, noon Eastern Time. 
And that is it, guys. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com. <laughs>